Welcome to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Each week we sit around and discuss the music from our past. Sometimes we agree. I call it iconic. It's a 10. That riff is un- It's incredible. Clearly a 10. This is one of the most iconic songs of the 80s. Um, iconic from start to finish. And sometimes we disagree. This song sounds like something you might hear at your aunt's funeral. The absolute worst lyric ever. It's like stuffing the sock in your pants and you got nothing else to tell me. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. All right, guys, welcome back to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Tonight, we're reviewing the classic police album, Synchronicity. Guys, I don't know about you all. I'm kind of looking forward to hearing some opinions. Coming from me, the probably the, the biggers are the metalheads here. Uh, this was a tough listen. However, I've got some honest reviews for this one. I look forward to hearing what you guys say after a week of uh, you know dedicating yourself to this uh, record. Anthony, you got any history on this? What you, what do you got from the Wikipedia corner? Yeah, from Wikipedia corner, I got. Uh, it's a bit on here, but I want to get most of the things. It's really really important and really interesting. Um, Synchronicity is the fifth. And final studio album by English rock band The Police, released on June 17, 1983 by A&M Records, the band's most successful release. The album includes the hit singles Every Breath You Take, King of Pain, Wrapped Around Your Finger, and Synchronicity 2. The album's title and much of the material for the songs were inspired by Arthur Kostler's The Roots of Coincidence. At the 1984 Grammy Awards, the album was nominated for a total of five awards, including Album of the Year, and won three. At the time of its release and following its tour, the police's popularity was at such a high that they are arguably, according to BBC and The Guardian, the biggest band in the world. Next bit, Synchronicity reached number one on both the UK Albums Chart and the US Billboard 200 and sold over 8 million copies in the US. The album was widely acclaimed by critics. Praise centered on its cohesive merging of disparate genres and sonic experimentation. Rolling Stone described each cut on Synchronicity as not simply a song, but a miniature discrete soundtrack. It has since been included in the magazine's list of the 100 best albums of the 80s and the 500 greatest albums of all time. In 2009, Synchronicity was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. And this is also important to the, the band members because of what the instruments they played. Sting, uh, lead and backing vocals, bass guitar, upright bass, keyboards, drum machine and sequencer on Synchronicity 1, saxophone on Oh My God, oboe on Mother and T in the Sahara, Andy Summers, electric guitars, backing vocals, keyboards, lead vocals on Mother. Yes, of course. Um, Stuart Copeland, drums marimba percussion and backing vocals it's a lot of information <laughs> but it was all very important i thought so i thought i would go into that because that sounds like all three of these guys just threw themselves into this album so so that's oh, why yeah, it's definitely a uh, it's a work of art to say the least um mm-hmm. i feel like uh overall i'm looking like i said i'm looking forward to what you guys say about this and how you you know overall vibes for this record but uh Anthony, what do you think? Um, I say let's get this thing rolling. Start it off with uh, track number one, Synchronicity One. What are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, I love the way this song comes in. It's very upbeat, and it carries an upbeat vibe throughout the song. I'm really digging it. It's a great lead-in. I gave it an eight. 
Hey, fair enough, man. I'm going to go ahead and go second here, Chris, if you don't care. And, um, so my opinion on synchronicity one, I thought the key, you know, obviously starts off the keyboard, very poppy intro, very good drum, very good bass. The guitar is very subtle in the background. I think it's not very prominent. However, I do think the song starts the album off pretty good. I gave it a seven and a half. Chris, how'd yours turn out? Yeah, I think it's a solid uh, up-tempo opener. I feel like Sting's voice uh, harmonizes really well with the the rhythm section. Actually, this whole album, I think the rhythm section is fantastic. These guys, it's very prominent. The bass guitar and the drum section, they they do a great job with that. I feel like it's probably be a pretty good song to exercise to if you're <laughs> if you're going to exercise. It's a very fast tempo. It almost felt a little rushed to me. I liked it. I, I thought it was very good. So I gave it a, I gave it a seven. Well, since this record comes from the 80s, perhaps jazzercise. <laughs> All right, anyway. All right, that's a terrible joke. All right, <clears throat> on to track number two, Walking in Your Footsteps. Anthony, what do you think about this one? I mean, I love the intro on this one as well, and I really enjoy the way this song kind of ebbs and flows, and the various things they do in the background, the noises, the instruments they use. Very groovy song. I gave it an eight. And Chris, you have that line from the song queued up Would for you me. Would you like me to play it now, Anthony? Yeah. the brontosaurus part they managed to uh, to use brontosaurus and something else afterward they managed a way to rhyme brontosaurus and something else together and make it work normally you wouldn't be able to put brontosaurus into a song but they somehow made that line work so when you listen to that song the next time just pick up on that one part and just realize how cleverly they inserted brontosaurus into a song and made it work so that's what Foros they rhyme it with, right? Was it Foros? Yeah, that's Foros, right. Foros, right. I think. Yeah. <laughs> so every time I hear that line, I'm like, wow, they, they managed a way to stick a dinosaur in a police song. So got to give them credit for that. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, uh, what was your overall again? I gave that one an eight, man. I'm digging eight. that one. Okay. So um, in my opinion, walking in your footsteps, it, it is very poppy. It has that flute or oboe or, or whatever it is that's being played in the background a distant guitar strumming it's very mellow it's honestly sounds like it could be the soundtrack to tarzan <laughs> i i mean other than that I, I don't know what else to say it does not gel with me because after hearing synchronicity one i think this is absolutely a fall backwards in time and in and in progression with this record i felt like it was a bad choice and to go from a, a semi-heavy song and I'll use that loosely to this <laughs> song. I call it heavy. <laughs> yeah, right. For police, it was fairly heavy. Anyway, um, I gave it a six. I think it's good. That's that's kind of where I lie. Chris, what do you think about walking in your footsteps? Yeah, I don't know if you guys have ever been to Disney's Animal Kingdom. It's one of the four theme parks they have down there in Orlando. And, <laughs> and when you go in, they have these loudspeakers everywhere, and they're playing all this like African jungle music and stuff. And I could hear that. It's exactly what this sounds like when you walk. I, I would not be surprised if this song that. wasn't yeah. playing somewhere. Uh, That's funny. Yeah, I, I think the highlight of the song is Sting's voice. His, his vocals are, are uh, they're almost like an extra instrument in the music, really. Uh, that said, I kind of agree with you, Jimmy. I, to me, this is one of the weaker songs on the album. I, other than that neat kind of percussion they had going on there, 
I was I gave it a six too. I think it's good, but I didn't give it much more than that. Guys, too low, man. Fair right. enough. Fair enough. I can understand that, it. <clears throat> that brings us up to uh, track number three. It's called "Oh My God." Anthony, what do you think about this one? Oh my God. Um, one word: funky. Um, I love that you heavy use of the bass guitar. It carries the beat nicely. You know, I love when a band highlights that instrument. It doesn't get highlighted enough. Um, any song doing that will always get a solid rating for me. The song also has a nice rhythm, nice groove, and uh, the saxophone is also sweet. Um, I gave it a 7.5. Okay, okay. Now, um, I, I do know the bass line was absolutely prominent. Oh My yeah, God starts off with that bass line. It's, it's absolutely what drives this song. Yes. There is a heavily synthesized guitar in the background. And at the very end of the song, there's the horns that come in, as you know, I guess saxophone or, or yeah, whatever saxophone. it may be. I, I, once again, I, I'm thinking back to how this album has progressed so far, and I'm thinking what I didn't think could get worse has gotten a little bit worse, in my opinion. Mm. I did feel like this song is kind of in the middle of, I don't know, nothingness. I, I don't know how to explain it. It yeah. just didn't work for me. I think it's a meh, on my opinion. I gave it a five. Mm. Chris, what did you think? Yeah, I think this song, I'll tell you, it reminded me a whole lot of, uh, and I realized this was a decade before, but kind of reminded me of some of the old Dave Matthews stuff, you know, you'd hear the way oh, that, that song kind of started. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I really like the, the, uh, the fade in on this song as well. You know, again, I've, I'm a sucker for a good, uh, transition between songs. Uh, yeah, I like this song. I, I thought it was pretty good. I, I thought the rhythm section was solid. Uh, I gave it a seven. I think it was very good. That's where I stand. Yeah. I like and like I said, guys, I, no disrespect to this record yeah. at all because there are some solid songs on this record. I just, from what my mind and my ears tell me what I want to hear, you know what I mean? And I know the Police Catalog because you go back from this album, it's a different it's a different band. It sounds a little bit different. Yeah. So you know, this is just a different vibe. And that's all. It, to me, like I said, it's just a male in my book. But I respect you all on that because I can see where it could grow on you. I like the way the saxophone <clears> fades <throat> out on that song, too. It almost like it's just running out of breath at the end of it. It's, 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 it's right. the most cool. jazzy song on the album, yeah, really. It's really yeah. cool. It really is. Now, um, this brings up a track number four, probably the most difficult track on this record, I would say. <laughs> it's called Mother. Anthony, what do you think about Mother? Oh, my God. What didn't I think about Mother? Um, um, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to jump into this. I pulled this off of songfacts.com. helps to explain a little bit why this song exists. Um, it says, A bizarre track from the police's fifth and final studio album, Mother was written by the group's guitarist, Andy Summers, in his Song Facts interview, Summers explained that the song was inspired by his mom. We all have our family situations, and I had a pretty intense mother who was very focused on me, he said. <laughs> I was sort of the golden child, and there I was sort of fulfilling all of her dreams by being this pop star in the police. I got a certain amount of pressure from her. So that's kind of what I put off songfacts.com. And I wrote, um, I guess he's got some mother issues. I mean, I gave it a four. Because it's disappointing song on a spectacular album, but I don't hate it. God help me, I don't hate it, and it does have a certain something about it. I honestly don't skip it, and I know that destroys any credibility I've ever had on this podcast. But I truly <laughs> don't. This song does—it's not a great song. The song really is a dud on a very great album. But there's something about it. it's like one of those so bad it's good kind of things. You know, those movies you watch sometimes. That you just can't help but really enjoy. Right. And it's kind of the way this song is for me. It's like, eh, I want to hate it, but I don't truly hate it. So I gave it a four. I thought it was very disappointing, though. 
Okay. Well, don't worry about our credibility because I'm bringing it right back up to check. <laughs> All right. So track number four, Mother. I'm going to go ahead and just read you my notes, and I'm going to end it at that. This That's is completely fine. terrible, and I hope it to is. never hear it again. It is that bad. It's it the absolute first zero I've ever given in my life. I can Avoid see that. at all cost. Chris, what do you think? I agree. I think we need to hear this song since we're talking so much about it. Here, here you go, guys. Oh, please. Please share the wealth. <laughs> Just a little clip anyway. okay so positives i actually kind of like this african bizarre sound that's going on in the background with the music itself (laughs) Uh, i will say i think the vocals are the worst we've ever heard on this podcast i I don't think we've ever heard a worse vocal on this podcast i can agree with that uh, and I'll tell you, I, I, I was like, the more I'd listen to this, well, I didn't listen to this that much, to be honest, but but when I did listen to it, I was trying to think, okay, what is the purpose behind this? And I started thinking of the time frame. I really think they're trying to like emulate the talking heads here. I feel like that, it reminds me a lot of that. And I think maybe they were influenced by that. Um, I was going to pull the talking heads clip, and I was like, that's too much. I don't want to play all that, that many clips tonight. <laughs> it's a great but, song. I know what you're going to pull, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should have uh, played it. Well, the days go by. Yes, yes, that's the song I was going to play because it, it, it reminds me a little bit of that. Except his voice is a lot worse. This guy's voice is a lot worse right, than right. than theirs. Uh, that said, yeah, I, I gave it a two. I thought it was awful. Well, yeah, that's that, I was looking at scale, and I was like, you know, <clears> I, I did kind of dig the the African bazaar theme going on in the background. <laughs> that's it, though, really. It just yeah, it's one of those songs, man. I tell everybody to avoid it, but yeah, I'm just one of those weird people who like to be tortured sometimes, I guess. It's, it is one of those songs that if it hits you and it's something you're into, you may appreciate it. It sounds like you guys had a slight appreciation for it. It's And the listeners out there who I know give it me, a two, so. <laughs> Yeah, you, I mean, don't get me wrong. You said it's I mean, awful. I'm um, usually the positive guy on this podcast, and I still gave it a four, for goodness uh, sakes. So. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like I said, the folks that listen to this podcast, they probably have an idea who likes what in this in this group at this trio here and they if they've heard this album before they knew i was going to slam it to begin with so yeah he didn't um, really slam you know it. It didn't, well it didn't i just surprised I, me like i said i never really liked it and after god I'd, I'd forgotten about this long existing to be honest with you until this week so <laughs> it's, that just tells you how and i'll tell you remind me to tell you all a story at the end of this because this will be funny for you this week all right track number five anthony it is miss Greninko. talk to me what do you think you know, I think this is where the album started to spark for me when I first listened to it recently. Um, it's got this funky, upbeat vibe to it with a great chorus. Kind of has a bit of a reggae groove to it as well. I mean, I gave it an 8.5. It's the kind of song you you turn up and dance around the house a little bit when you're listening to it. You can't really help it, you know. If you're having a, having a down day and people are pissing you off, you know, you kind of turn this one on. It kind of brings your mood up. So I gave it an 8.5. 8.5, not bad. Um, to me, Miss Gradenko is a uh, one of those bass line heavy songs yet again. The guitar is syncopated within its own harmony. Might be the best guitar solo on the album, and I do mean that. Um, at the same point, hearing what we've built up to on this record, this is uh, it's. I think this is somewhere between good and very good. I did give this one a six and a half, and that's that's how I saw that one. Chris, what do you think, Miss Gradenko? That's a really short song. I think it's less it than is. two minutes long. <laughs> exactly. Um, 
And, and I thought it was, I think Sting's vocals are, are good on the song. I felt like the, the rhythm kind of meandered around a little bit on it. Uh, to me, I, I thought it was good. I gave it a six. And yeah, that's where I am with that one. That Fair did a enough. lot for me. It's kind of not even middle of the road for me on the album, to be honest. <clears throat> I got you. I got you. Um, so with that being said, this is the last song on side one. This is Synchronicity 2. Anthony, how'd you feel about this one? Uh, I wrote a solid heavy beat with a solid heavy groove. This is one of their big ones and it shows. I don't know if it's iconic. I didn't give it a 10. I gave it a nine, um, but there are no flaws in it at all in my mind. Um, and I pulled this off of song facts and I pulled a few things off song facts and I want to encourage anybody listening to go to song facts and look this album up and look these songs up. There's a wealth of information on there that, uh, be too long for a podcast, but I thought this was interesting. Um, Sting wrote this and most of the songs from the Synchronicity album while staying at Goldeneye, the old home of James Bond creator Ian Fleming on the North Shore of Jamaica. So I thought that was an interesting fact. I know you guys are Bond fans. So that is very interesting. I'm glad you I love it, that up. That. I love yeah. it. That's probably the reason why I gave this song as good as Mark as I'm, I'm going to give it. <laughs> yeah. So I gave it a nine. I don't know if this one would consider this one. Is this iconic, you think, or no? I gave it a nine. but no, It's not going to be iconic. iconic. No. Uh, but... I'll go ahead and roll into mine. Synchronicity 2, I think it is my fav- my second favorite song on this record. That very heavy droning bass, great guitar. And I think it's the best song on side one for sure. I gave this one a nine, a solid nine. I think it's excellent. Chris, what do you think about Synchronicity 2? Yeah, Anthony, you said the last song is where you thought the album picked up. I think this is personally where the album picked up. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a fantastic song. Uh, complex in the, in the chorus there. Uh, I was kind of trying to figure out what the song was about. And uh, from what I could tell, the band claimed it was about domestic crisis and anxiety. I I know Sting was going through a divorce at this time. That might have led into something like that. Uh, And I know you guys won't get this because I know you're not really fans, either one of you. But I think the the guitar in this song reminds me a whole lot of some early R.E.M., like early Mm -hmm. R.E.M., back in the early to to mid uh, 80s. Interesting. Uh, yeah, like some of the fables of reconstruction, maybe some really older albums. But some, of, I mean, it really they sounded a little different back then before Stipe became kind of the the <laughs> pop star, the face. main voice, yeah, the star yeah. that he became. But yeah, I thought it was a really good song. I gave it an eight and a half. Yeah. Hey man, fair enough. Uh, you and know, it probably should have been a nine. You know, I'm, I think it's a great one myself, and yeah. and it is actually Chris. You hit you hit a spot on. This is where the album picks up, and we're, we're going to see that in the next uh, next few songs for sure. What, um, Top heavy now. So yeah, yeah. Now that we flip this thing over to the second side, track number seven, "Every Breath You Take." Anthony, what do you think? Uh, this might be one of the most iconic songs we've ever covered. This song was massive back in the day, and honestly, it is still massive. I hear it all the time. It has a vibe to it, a groove to it. It's catchy. The chorus sticks in your head. It's everything a pop song needs to be. It's an easy ten. And I pulled this off of song facts, and I want to mention it because it is so interesting to learn. This is one of the most misinterpreted songs ever. It is about an obsessive stalker, but it sounds like a love song. Some people even use it as their wedding song. The police frontman Sting wrote it after separating from his first wife, Frances Tumulty. And one more thing about it. um, I didn't know this. In America, this was the biggest hit of 1983. According to Billboard's year-end chart, it stayed at number one for eight weeks, longer than any other song that year. Michael Jackson's Billie Jean was number two with a seven-week stay. So like I said, this might be our most iconic song ever right here. Man, this is an easy 10. It's huge. 
Yeah, Anthony, I'm, I'm right there with you. Every breath you take, <clears throat> this song deserves a 10. I recognize that it is iconic for the police. It's still popular to this day. The guitar is instantly recognizable at the very beginning of this. As soon as you hear this, you know it's Every Breath You Take or the PDD song, one or the other. Or the what song? There's a, is it Puff Daddy or P Daddy or whatever? Oh, there's a song oh that he did. I remember that. Let's, let's, not, let's not bring song. this into this podcast. I remember that. Yes, <laughs> well, I remember that song. Yes. That is a song that absolutely stole this riff. And uh, but nonetheless, the police on this were hitting on all cylinders. It's pretty funny how dark the lyrics are. You're right, Anthony. This is a dark song. I actually knew the <laughs> I knew the history behind this one. Yeah. And uh, I used to uh, heckle. Uh, a female friend of mine way back in the day about this song. <laughs> but it is absolutely a solid 10. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, this is clean sweep, guys. This is easily the most iconic song. Maybe they have. I don't know. I will, I will say it's not my favorite song on this album, but but it's probably it's the most iconic. Either. Yep. Uh, and probably the best song ever written from a stalker's perspective when you get right down <laughs> to it as well. It's iconic chorus. I want to play a clip Except from this song time. because it's my favorite line in the song. And, uh, well, I'll just play it for you guys. Sting's vocals are just so smooth during that transition there. I, I don't that's know enough about music. Is this the bridge? Is that what that's considered in the song? I would, I would think it would be, and it's absolutely okay. awesome. Yeah, I, was, I wrote that, but I was like, I'm not sure that's right, so I, I'm going to leave that to the professionals. <clears throat> but yeah, this is an easy 10, guys. One of the most iconic songs they've ever had. Fantastic. Yeah, dude. We're all always on point on this one. I feel like the same way. Now, track number eight, King of Pain. Anthony, what do you think? Um, I love the way this song comes in. I'm just like all the other ones. Um, just that small beat, Sting singing over top of that beat. It's so good. Then it starts to build, and then it punches into this very nice groove. The band also harmonizes very well on it. I think this is one is a 10. It was a big song for them, like so many other ones, on the second side of this album. So I gave it a 10. I'm pretty sure this was a pretty iconic song for them. So. Yeah, Anthony, I agree with you 100%. King of Pain is my favorite song on this record. I uh, still listen to it to this day, still love it to this day. Um it's it's iconic. This is still played on the radio regularly. I, I mean, I hear it on Sirius all the time. Uh, you know, going through the yeah, going through the channels. However, um, you know, overall, this side is really really dominating this record because it, really it has is. been so solid from the start. I think um, we're going in the right direction. If you guys know what I mean, Chris, what do you think about King of Pain? Yet another clean sweep. This is an easy 10 as well. And it is my favorite song on the album as well, Jimmy. Uh, yeah, this this is a... Anthony, you alluded... You told me uh, earlier in the week that this song was written, again, about his divorce and yeah. being the king of yeah, pain. Yeah, that's there correct. Was, uh, was that line I was telling about Sting was talking to his A little black spot on the sun today. He said there's he a black spot. saw that, right? He said there's a black spot on the sun today. You know what? That's my soul up there. And it's kind of where the song kind of came from, yeah. I think. So That's that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, lyri- lyrically, lyrics, it's... Dude. Yeah, lyrically, it's a fantastic song. Uh, you know, anything you can kind of translate stuff from your own life into usually hits when people are listening to it. Easy 10, best song on the album. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Now, Anthony, it brings us to track number nine, Wrapped Around Your Finger. What do you think? 
Um, so good, so groovy. That's when my notes start. I um, really enjoy the way the song ebbs and flows. Great chorus. Bass sounds great in the background. The band sounds great. It's an excellent song from start to finish. A nice smooth jam. I think this is also iconic. I gave it a 10. I mean, I remember hearing this one a lot back in the day as well. So it's like bam, bam, bam right here for these guys, man. But I gave this one a 10. I'm, I'm pretty sure this is a, another iconic one. So yeah, uh, see, this is where I wrapped around your finger to me. I wasn't for sure it was iconic. I do remember the video playing on MTV back in the day. Um, I don't, I don't like it as much as I like the other two songs. I don't feel like it's, it's at that same level. Right. Lyrically, it's you know I know it's about being I guess in love, but I only gave it an eight because I, it's a great song. I just I just don't see it much better than great personally. Uh, if it's iconic, I apologize, but uh, that's how I stand. Eight. How about you, Chris? Yeah, this is a, yet a trio of iconic songs ah, back to back gotcha. to back, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I gave it a 10 as well. And I love this line I'm getting ready to play. It's maybe the best line of the album right here. I don't even know what that means, but it's cool as hell. <laughs> they, right. they rhymed, they rhymed I'm alabaster I'm, and master for goodness sake. Hang on. Man. Let, me, let me tell you something. Okay. And I don't know how you guys haven't seen this yet. Coming from the serpent, he's going to make her face alabaster. I'm going to leave it at that. Oh, okay. okay. You get it? Coming from the uh, Nah, you're going to have to explain. You, I don't get you, it. I mean, it's more of a, yes, I got you. <laughs> I got you. I got you. You think uh, that's what that means? Absolutely. Without a doubt. That's exactly what he's talking about. That's interesting. For okay. those at home, yeah. there was a video moment yeah. that these guys will never forget. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God we don't oh have video. God, it's hilarious. But yes. it's a great song. It is a great song. It is yeah. great. And this and is a team. I, I think maybe it's I did misjudge this, and I probably uh, I should go back Jimmy, on this. this. Is, this is it is a great song. You know, now that really changes that sure. lyric. Cause when <laughs> it servant, really does, doesn't it? When your servant <laughs> I'm glad I played your, it. When your servant is your master or whatever, that's, golly, that really is a, I don't know, it sticks in your head. Okay. <laughs> wow. All right, Anthony. <laughs> you guys can stop dreaming about the song and, and you can play it later. Uh, track number 10, T in the Sahara. What do you think about this one? I'm sure you guys are going to hate this one, but man, this might be my favorite on the album. I mean, I'm not a big police fan, but I'm starting to really enjoy their music. And uh, this is probably my top five, as of now, police songs. Wow. Um, I absolutely love everything about this song. Love how the bass just grooves at the start, the background music, the slow burn. The way the song flows, so much good stuff. Sting sounds excellent, and he really shows his range on this song. I mean, I could go on heaping praise, but I will stop here and drop a nine on it. And according to songfacts.com, this song was featured in a Miami Vice episode. Season one, The Maze. And I do remember that song. I do remember that episode, actually. So, interesting little fact. Like I said, song facts, man. Just go on there and just spend a day looking at this stuff. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Now, I didn't hear it that way. Um, T in the Sahara, to me, I, I do realize the bass line drives this song. I mean, if anybody doesn't know it, Sting was the driving force behind this band. He is the head cheese. Definitely. He, is, uh, he was the king of world music as his solo career went on and dominated as well after he left the police. However, the song just never gelled with me. I, I never really liked it. I think this one's a meh. I gave it a five. Really? Well, Chris, what do you think? <laughs> Uh, you know, I think this song feels like something that should be playing in a room with a black light 
with a heavy fog of northern lights indica hanging in the air. Uh, this okay is stoner music to me, man. I'm telling you, like I could just see people sitting around right. getting stoned to this, with, like, looking at psychedelic this, posters everywhere. Hey, that's no problem with that, man. <laughs> you know, Anthony, I know you love this song because you've you've alluded to this many times. I've loved this. I song, tried. Man. I gave it. I gave it every. I gave it several <laughs> okay. listens. I, I couldn't get beyond a six. That's about where yeah. it was for me. It just didn't do much. I, yeah. I, I, I guess if you know the story behind the song, because you've you've read the story off and and told me that. So, but yeah. if you don't know the story and you just hear the song, it's just like it doesn't it's, do a lot. It's based on a pretty dark book or something like I read. Yeah. Like was that these sisters were waiting in the desert for this guy and they eventually just burned up or something. They're waiting on right. this guy or something crazy like that. It's, it's a really dark it's album. Somebody leaving people out in the Sahara to die, basically. I mean. Yeah, something like that. It's crazy, man. And yet again, there's an African influence in this album. Yeah, he must have definitely. spent some time down there. I mean, it's, <clears throat> it's really interesting. That that influences throughout this record, honestly. I mean, yeah, it's, it's it world is. music, just hands down. Now, wow, that brings us to the last song. This was apparently the bonus track on the cassette and CD editions back in the uh, in 83, or 83 for the cassette, and then I guess the CD came out in 89. Is that right, or 88? I can't remember. But I, I can't realize remember. this is a bonus track, yeah. Yeah, it's called Murder by Numbers. Anthony, what do you think about this one? I mean, it's another great song and a great song to close the album with. It's another smooth jam from the opening chord to the last. So catchy, so groovy, um, great chorus. I'm mean, digging it. I gave it a nine. So, Good Lord. All right. An excellent man. Murder so, by Numbers is killer. <clears throat> Murder by Numbers to me, I, I saw, I, I like how the uh, drums start uh, as the song starts out. It really didn't improve from that, though. The guitar is strumming and the arpeggios are luscious, but the guitar sound is so detuned to the point, I think it's just being bad. I feel like this is not a good way to end an album, but uh, to say to say the least, I, I feel like something was missing. I, I don't know what it is. And maybe it's just the guitar tone. Because it did sound like it was detuned, and I realize it was sound effects or synthesized guitar. But honestly, after listening to this, I'm truly glad this album's over. I gave this one a five as well. It's a mess, Jimmy. It ain't that bad, man. Chris, what do you think about Murder by Numbers? I think it's a lot better closer than T in the Sahara would have been. I, I'm surprised this is a bonus track because this feels like a closing song for an album. It does. Yeah, I thought it was a solid closer. I kind of like the slow pace that kind of had a little bit of a swagger to it. I thought, and it kind of built built throughout the song. Uh, I thought Sting sounded great, and I thought the chorus was pretty catchy. I gave it an eight. I thought it was a solid way to close the album. Did you, we listen to the same song, right? Did you guys listen <laughs> we to this did. detuned guitar? I mean, I mean does it not sound it, funky it, to you guys? It, the whole well, song sounds funky, funky, but, but that doesn't mean it's bad. About it. yeah. yeah, well, okay. Well, well, you know. They murdered by numbers. Just a great song. Man. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good, too. Yeah. Well, I hate yeah. to tell you, both of y'all wrong, but it's okay. <laughs> no, seriously, I, like I said, I understand and I respect it doesn't surprise me, Jimmy. I know you're, you know, I, of the metal guys between us, between me and you, I'm the one that kind of goes more towards this direction than you do. So I understand right. why you're, you're this way. I'm, I'm more well, the metal guy on this podcast. So, <laughs> and I, just to be fair, I am not disliking the police by no means because no, their earlier no, no. stuff, their punky reggae proggy stuff is good stuff back there. Is excellent. Some good songs and, back there. I mean, there's a bunch of great songs. I mean, I, I heck, I've got, I basically have two two albums by them. One's the Message in the Box Collection, <laughs> and then the other one is Synchronicity. Yeah. So, I mean, I have this. I had this back in the day. I, I remember my mom buying this at like Roses or Singletons or something way back in the day <laughs> on cassette. Now, overall, um, Anthony, this is your baby. What do you think? You know, it came out to be an 8.5, but I'm going to go to a 9 because I think it's an excellent album. 
that mother song dropped it down. That that just shows you, yeah. it shows you how important songs are on an album. That one song can really, because I had it, I gave Mother like a nine. Just see how it came out. And my rating was like a nine point three or nine point four, something crazy like that. So it yeah. does show you. Um, and I wrote that I think the music on this album speaks for itself. Sure, Mother is a clunker, kind of a so bad you can't help it, but enjoy it song. Beyond that one song, there are no duds on this album. This album is the work of a band firing on all cylinders, producing quality music that will span decades. I can't recommend this album enough. It took me by surprise when I finally listened to it, and as I continued to listen to it, I found more and more things to enjoy about it. It's a shame this band couldn't stay together. That's the way I wrote to close it out. Fantastic. Fantastic. Now, I did something a little bit different this week, um, and, and this is how I summed it up. Overall, and of course, obviously, I've got a zero in there that's going to come into factor. So, everybody at home listening, there's a zero that's bringing this down way, way down. Okay, now I do understand this album was a massive, massive success back in 1983, and it's gone eight times platinum. But when I think about it, the album simply isn't that good as a whole. I do believe that this album was released today. Maybe these, maybe three or four of these songs would actually gain popularity. I'm not sure. Only because back in 83, most people were buying the albums. In 2020, people were buying singles. I do not think mm-hmm. other than about four of these songs, maybe maybe three of these songs, depending on your crowd, would honestly be sellers for them. Now, I don't know. But I, this is how I feel like. I realize the band were really on a the end of their run and they had some internal strife going on and obviously Sting's divorce and between him and Andy Summers uh, and and, and Stuart Copeland, I guess they were just bouncing all over the place. Um, I don't feel like as a whole, this album stands a test time because of the inequality between the excellent songs and the mediocre songs. Um, I don't think I'd recommend the album, this album to, to anybody new to the police. I believe they would go the route of either listening to earlier records or buy their Greatest Hits album, because I think the Greatest Hits would give them a greater feel for this. And on another note, I actually work with uh, about five people that are my age or older. And of those five people, when I quizzed them on police, because these are these were girls and, and another guy that were older, <laughs> when I quizzed them on the police and to name some songs by them, and if they remembered the album Synchronicity, they said, yeah, I remember that album. It's the one with King of Pain on it. And I said, well, do you remember walking your footsteps? No. Oh my God, no. Mother, no. How about Miss Gerdinko? No. Tea in the Sahara, no. Murder by Numbers, no. Every breath you take, oh yeah, that's an awesome song. King of Pain, oh yeah, that's an awesome song. Wrapped around your finger, oh yeah. Synchronicity yeah. two. They have a second album, no. Is a song. But they would. That's just how this record was. And these are like you know, one lady's fifty. I think she's 54, one's 62. This would have been something they would have been jamming to. You know, one would have been in high school, the other one would have been just out of high school. This would have been the music that would have been popular to them. And that just tells you the singles is what was driving this record. At least that's how I saw it. Overall, it's a seven in my book. I think it is, it's very good for what it is, and that zero does bring it down. However, I think your greatest hits is your better route on this one. Chris? Yeah, it was an interesting listen, and the, the album was definitely backloaded. I mean, the second half was so much better than the first. I mean, it's some iconic music on the back end of that album. And I, I believe Sting is one of the best vocalists of all time. The guy has a tremendous voice. I mean, he can melt butter yes. with his voice. It's so good. I think they probably influenced several bands coming into the 80s as well. I think I think they, they left a big footprint. 
Uh, that said, I don't really consider this rock, guys. I mean, it's jazzy pops what it is, and I, I don't know music. why it's considered rock, really. But because I mean, I, there's really not too many guitars in there. If they are, they don't sound like guitars. They make them sound like other instruments. Uh, the rhythm section is solid. Uh, I, I thought that all the way through, and I guess Sting is a bass player, and him and the drummer like played off each other, other really well. But uh, that said, I tallied it up. I gave it a seven point three overall. Now I'm good with that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, that does bring us to the end of this. Um, Anthony, is there anything you want to plug for this week? Yeah, song lines and tan lines. Uh, God, I forgot to check it, but I think it's Frenchman for the night this week. If I'm not mistaken. I had to move a few things around recently, so I think it's Frenchman for the night. Then I got a bonus episode dropping this Friday, and Nightlight Tales podcast just wrapped up a zombie Christmas. So, wow. Fantastic. Had a little extra time over Thanksgiving to get a few things done. So, <laughs> Heck yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you. Well, guys, I uh, just want to close this thing out. I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, we appreciate it, and, and hopefully you've made it through this podcast because I know it's a little bit different than we normally do, but we did want to yeah. touch on it. This is basically uh, in pop, like Chris was alluding to, in pop history, this is one of the great ones, guys. Uh, certainly worth a one-time listen, no doubt about it. Uh, and and don't worry, guys. We're listening to some great music next week. So we'll, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. we'll be back on track to what we normally like do. Like I said, I didn't, ha- I didn't listen to this one much back in the 80s. It was like recently <laughs> where I finally got into this one. I was like, i got to throw this out at least one time and let these guys see what, get an opinion on it, see what they think about it. Because when I finally heard it, I was like, man, how this eluded me all my life? This is such a good album. So. I want to say this before we close. Too. I don't know if you guys watched The Office back when it was on, but but if you if you did, uh, one of the accountants, the big slow guy, Kevin, his uh, cover band that he played in was Scrantonicity because they were based out of Scranton. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Pretty cool play on words there. Yeah. Oh jeez! All right. <laughs> well, Anthony, I'm glad you discovered this later in life, and I'm sure it does. Obviously, it's bringing you some pleasure, and and it does bring you that audible ecstasy that we're all seeking. Um, but exactly. guys. I'm going to close this out. Thanks, everybody, for your support. We appreciate it. Next week, ACDC's new album, Power Up. I can't wait. <laughs> Guys, anything else you all want to say before we shut this thing down? I don't think so. I think you got it. Every breath you take, I'll be watching you. <laughs> for Audible. See, I was going to say, you don't have to put out the red light, when, when but Jimmy never <laughs> let us into that. So. You guys are terrible. <laughs> all right. That's how we end a bad one for your Audible <laughs> Essay Podcast. This is Jimmy. This is Chris. This is and this is it. Thank you for listening to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Join us next week when we review Power Up by ACDC. We'll see you then.